This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. We are back on Let Your Voice <laughs> you Be Heard. you audition for Hamilton? Oh, yeah. Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> Jackie will lose automatically. Yep. They'll be like, come on, Jackie. Can you really rap? Jackie will be like, tic-tac-toe. I saw a fly. Bonnie got shot by an FBI. They'll be like, she's in. Pick her. Pick her. She's in. So, guys, we are back, and this is Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, The Voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, we finished an amazing conversation during our news roundup where we talked about random news stories. And one of the biggest news stories of the week, the breaking news story, the story that made us all scream and shock, was Hillary Clinton using Pokemon to register voters. (laughs) That's what it was. Nothing else. Just that. Yeah, that's the only thing that happened all week. (laughs) That's the exact, the only thing that happened all week, the only thing that I'm going to acknowledge this week. Um, Monty, are you chasing Pokemon? Just nod if you are. Monty says he is chasing Pokemon. Monty That's why he was late today. <laughs> he jumped onto the tracks and had to run the rest of the Am way I to the Harlem. Am I the only one here who's actually playing this game? Yes, you are. Yes. My I'm friend, scared. My Yo, friend I'm said a to Pokemon me, master. I've been playing this game forever. I asked my friend, why don't I play Pokemon? He says, because you have a girlfriend. And, mm. he, and he also bragged about losing 10 pounds since he started chasing but you Pokemon. Can play really? Pokemon with In a your week? Girlfriend. Yes. This game is like a week old. It's too so Jackie. It. Well, men lose weight faster than women generally. That's true. Listen, I've been playing Pokemon since I was in seventh grade. Like, I was born for this. Yo, I had the higher, the um, the right, the right shoe with the um, the, the popping background back in the days, but then I got jumped for it. So I, I don't like have it Digimon. Anymore. So, no, so I knew you were a loser. <laughs> no. loser. So guys, we are not here to talk about Pokemon or the Pokemon masters in the room, which is only me because I'm the ultimate Pokemon master because I had the Charmander and the Charizard evolved version because I'm a boss. We are actually here to talk about more ways the world is making us sad and what's to cry and curl up in the ball in our air-conditioned rooms and just watch happy tv because we can't take it anymore if you're wondering what i'm talking about i'm talking about after we went through a week where we had four innocent people of color shot and killed by the police and then we had five police officers killed in cold blood by someone who clearly had some issues and that person was blown up by a robot drone that the police had because police have robot drones we tried to move past until a newbie can be happy and then in paris a terrorist attack not took paris place. i'm gonna get there don't worry um, nice okay. And by Paris, I mean nice. No, not (laughs) I'm nice, but actually nice. Oh, my God. Nice, not nice. So you're not nice, Jackie. You're not nice. Anyways, the place is actually called... Thank God Jackie's here. Please continue to correct us. So it's basically... The place is called Nice, and it's actually not a laughing matter. We're laughing because Jackie's a loser, and Selena's weird. Right. But we're not laughing about the terrorist attack that actually took place in Nice. While they were celebrating their version of the 4th of July, I guess you would call it, because that's the best way that I can describe it, a huge truck burst onto traffic, and start, not traffic, but the, the people there celebrating, area, a crowded area, and started plowing through the crowd, killing in total 84 people, including 10 children and teenagers. And because I've done some research, because I want you guys to think that I'm smart, I have some information about what happened. Here is what I know at the moment. The truck was a 19-ton refrigeration vehicle rented by the assailant on Monday, and he sped down a crowded seaside promenade in Nice around 1045, going about 1.1 miles eastward. That is not a little bit of um, distance. 1.1 1.1 miles is between 10 to 20 blocks, depending on what part of New York you are in. If you're in Harlem, it's probably five blocks because the blocks are so long. I'm just kidding about that last part. At least 84 people were killed, including 10 children and teenagers. 303 were wounded. Of those wounded, 121 remain in the hospital, and 26 of them are in intensive care. I should tell you that someone did try to stop him before the cops got to him. The person tried to stop him with a knife, and he hung in the back of the truck but eventually fell off. He was not able to do that. Government officials identified the assault as Muhammad, I'm gonna butcher his last name. Forgive me, Muhammad Lahawaii. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Continue. Do you want to correct me? 
Not yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll let you. I'll let you ruin the name. Thirty-one-year-old delivery truck driver who was raised in northeastern. Tunisia. Tunisia. Tunisia, and who moved to France around 2005. He had a minor criminal record, but he was not in the government database of radicalized militants. Depending on what news agency you're looking at, they'll say he had a hefty criminal record and that he was very violent. But, but. he didn't. The only thing on his record was that he had um, some sort of like misdemeanor offense. I think he had gotten into a fight with someone during like a traffic stop or something like that, but nothing that warranted like some right. like major... Um, regional or national intelligence to look into his activities. I want to just put it into um, perspective, and Stanley sort of mentioned this briefly, like what this would look like for those listening in the United States um, who maybe aren't familiar with France or Bastille Day. That would be like if somebody on the 4th of July went and drove a truck into onto the boardwalk on Coney Island and plowed through the masses of people out on the boardwalk celebrating the 4th of July during the fireworks, which is what ha- was happening. So during the loud, explosive fireworks going off on this promenade, the I think promenade de Douglas, I think is the yeah, proper yeah. name. Um, that would be like if on the 4th of July, during the 4th of July fireworks, somebody plowed through the boardwalk on Coney Island and killed a tremendous amount of people. I mean, this is unbelievably tragic. Um, and, you know, my heart goes out to those affected. And one of the sad things about this was what pretty, what the prime minister of um, France said. President. President, thank you. Of, well, I'm really butchering this. Oh, my <laughs> Sorry, you're yeah. good. What the president of, of France said was more or less, France just needs to get used to terrorism being a part of their daily lives now. Whoa, I mean, so that's the new normalcy? It's that's crazy. That's the new normal, according to the president, I apparently. mean, they are not over what the... I mean, tragic attacks in, in Paris and now you know you have this happening in Nice and I mean this is really France is feeling in a state of turmoil I mean think about if after September 11th we had another another major terrorist attack you know a year later yeah. we would be in shock I mean they haven't had time to deal with the first attack and now now this I mean yeah. they were literally in the process of lifting their emergency their three month emergency um, state of emergency state of emergency that they had which obviously he had just announced it was going to be lifted and now they've it's gone back three uh, but you know now. another few things that I want to note um, one you know the guy so far it seems this this person is a lone actor he had no ties uh, to ISIS whatsoever however you know, um, and even ISIS has come out and said, you know, he didn't really have any ties to us, but he was still uh, a quote unquote brother in the movement, which just goes back to this idea that, you know, people don't have to be members of ISIS. Like the propaganda that they're putting out is enough to convince people who have no relationship to the Islamic State uh, specifically and have never traveled to Syria or to Iraq um, to actually fight, uh, you know, in with with ISIS to carry out these lone wolf attacks. But, you know, another thing to be said, and, and I want to do this in the most, I'm trying to think, like, the, the best way possible um, to not, you know, place blame on France like a victim and to not engage in victim blaming, whether it's a person or whether it's a country. Um, but if you look at like a, a country like France, um, you find that in some cases they make it a lot more difficult for people to assimilate um, into mm, French culture yep. than we do here in the United States. For yeah. Example, we have freedom of religion here in the United States, which means you can wear a hijab, right? If you're mm-hmm. Muslim, you know, you, or if you're um, a very religious Christian, you can wear a Christian uh, regalia. Or if you're a very religious Jew, you can wear um, your hat and you can have whatever, or your yarmulke. Um, you know, France had passed a law a few years back that basically said that in all secular activities, I think it was about schools, that you were not allowed to wear any religious headgear, whether you were Muslim, whether you were Jewish, you know, like. Uh, 
and I don't know if that was specifically aimed at at Muslims. I think it was because I don't think it said you can't wear a yarmulke to school. I think it was specific I think it to did. it did. Okay, so I could be, but I mean, either way. So they, you know, like. That has created a situation where a lot of people feel that secular um, French law is at odds with their own religious beliefs. And that has created tension between religious communities and secular communities in France that we don't see as much of here in the United States because of the First Amendment's provision about religious freedom. Well, to jump off of that, I mean, even if this law did ban yarmulkes and, you know, other religious garb, I think that ultimately in France what you see is a lot of tension between Muslims and, you know, not more secular. Um, I mean, you have a large population of immigrants moving into France um, from northern Africa, from the Middle East, and especially now um, post-Syrian refugee, you know, sort of, I mean, more in Turkey. But you have a lot of immigrants coming into France, and that's been the case for a while. So it's more geared, laws like that are more geared towards immigrants than they are towards just religious those who are religiously affiliated. Um, so I think that they disproportionately affect Muslims, many of whom um you know, are at the lower end of the socioeconomic status in in France. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I wanted to add on to what Alyssa was talking about because the hijab or the headscarf was banned in 2004, as she was saying, on top 14. of that. Um, I actually have 2004, but if it's 2014 and you want to just double yeah, check that check for that. me. I thought it was um, recent, but, but I could there, be wrong. There was a recent one. Uh, uh, the face covering. We know that a lot of women that. wear like the burqas. That was banned in 2010. And now, you know, also I wanted to mention that Mus- uh, Muslims comprise 60 to 70 percent of France's prison population. Mm-hmm. So if we look at it from that perspective, Muslims are an extremely oppressed and marginalized community and group of people in France. And it was only a matter of time before the pot would boil over and people would start to retaliate. And by retaliate, I mean they make it so easy for ISIS to recruit people. One of their one of ISIS's biggest strategies is they give these oppressed people hope and they say, you know what, you need to fight the system. We need to overthrow the system and we need a revolution because the system is oppressing us. That's all it takes. And that's why you see so many people radicalizing in France even here in America. And I want to mention that Mohamed Boulel was radicalized within the last week. There are reports saying that he quickly radicalized within one week. But less so. You see it less so in America. That you uh, Just to point yeah. that out. And part of the reason is that we let people practice religion freely. For the most part. I mean, not if Donald is. Trump becomes president. We yeah, won't. I know. But at least right now, uh, you know, <laughs> at least right now we, still <laughs> have, now, we still have a constitution. And when you make people, like if you... I'll give you an example. Like the guy who runs the my deli, right? He, the who who works um, the night shift. He he's a Muslim guy. His name is Shafiq. Him and I go in there. We have conversations all the time. We talk about the similarities and the differences between Islam and between uh, Judaism, and you know, and like we have really interesting conversations. And like he's free to practice his religion, and he feels like a New Yorker first, right? Mm-hmm. He feels like an American first since coming here. You know, he's not an American citizen yet. He ha- he's a lawful permanent resident. He's working towards becoming a citizen, but he feels accepted by America, even despite the anti-Muslim sentiment that we have here in America, whereas people in a lot of these other places don't feel accepted as French or don't feel accepted as British. They don't feel that acceptance that that he feels as an American. Yeah, but also, I, I wonder, I have to wonder if that's a unique 
um, to his own experience. Right. Like if that's unique to him or if that's how a lot of people feel. Because I, watching the news and seeing the world that we're living in today, I can't imagine being a Muslim American and feeling accepted, especially outside of New York or outside major, like larger communities where there were fellow Muslims, right? I would feel very isolated, um, especially listening to the rhetoric coming from the GOP. And I can't imagine that that is true. And I, I wonder if we're shifting farther and farther away from that, because what we're seeing is, you know, I think it was like Newt Gingrich this week was on the news saying, you know, we should be interviewing all Muslims and finding out if they believe in Sharia law and those that do, which and not really understanding what Sharia law means and those that do should be deported. Like, that's the kind of rhetoric we're hearing in this country. So I cannot imagine being someone, you know, if, if someone was speaking about Jews in this way and saying, you know, if you believe in the Talmud, you should be deported because that's not in line with our Western ideologies, then I would feel like I had no place in this country whatsoever and might be looking, you know, to look for somewhere where I would be more accepted, um, which I think a lot of people across the globe are doing in France, especially and in other countries in Europe, who are then leaving and going tra- going to train in Syria, not really knowing what they're getting involved in, but feel- leaving, I mean, the catalyst for their joining this movement is often okay, we are not accepted or wanted by our home. We need to go somewhere where we can change that. And obviously, this is what it results in, which is terrifying. If you are just tuning in, this is Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. We are talking about the terrorist attack in Nice, and we are talking about the ways in which the French government, not blaming them, obviously, for these attacks, but has made it very uncomfortable to be a Muslim person in that country. We're also talking about comparing those relations between U.S. relations. What I find funny, and I know Selena has something to say, but what I find funny is how simple it is for us to kind of very quickly point out how France's aggression towards Muslim communities might be the reason that they're seeing such a response and so many people radicalizing. But America can't seem to figure out what's going on with black America. Well, I mean, great point, Stanley. And I want to say that France's right wing party has actually been blaming France for having an open border system. Mm-hmm. And they're saying if we never let immigrants pour into our country, we wouldn't have this problem. And I mean, that could be the that's the furthest from the truth. The reason people even come is because they're fleeing war. They're fleeing poverty. You know, they're looking for refuge or asylum. And then when they get here, they're ostracized. And I think that this country and especially white people across the world have not realized that and I don't know it seems like they're threatened and they don't want to really assimilate or or, or be accepting or tolerant to other people especially if they're black or brown and especially if they're Muslim on top of that so and and I also wanted to to mention that um, ISIS now we all know that ISIS is a branch of Al-Qaeda right my initial reaction to this no, is no, no, they're not a branch of Al Qaeda. They're totally separate. not. No, they're not out. a branch, but they branched off from Al Qaeda. A lot of the people who were in Al Qaeda branched off to form ISIS. That's correct. And th- yes, that's and, correct. Right? Yeah. And so basically, w- ISIS is not playing fair. It's playing extremely dirty. Al Qaeda, as a group, did not always encourage the loss and killings of innocent lives, and especially not Muslims. Like they had some level of morality when they were attacking back. ISIS is just like kill. As many people as possible, just take them out. Just right. take them out. You know, and, and, and we're going to get into talking about this more during the second part of this, which is another big problem is there's a really porous border between Syria and Turkey. And obviously, Turkey's having its own problems, which is 
part of the second half of this conversation. Yeah. But this porous border between Syria and Turkey is letting people from that region and especially um, militarized ISIS fighters that have been radicalized come up into uh, Europe and into France. So we can also talk about how the destabilization in Turkey um, has also led to the influx in foreign fighters in France. So with that, guys, we're going to go on a quick break. When we come back, we'll be having a conversation about Turkey. That was the cover of Rihanna's song, Ooh, Ooh, Ooh. That's- <laughs> I don't know. That song, that song actually, she speaks words on that. Yeah, does she? Rihanna, Rihanna doesn't. All right. If you guys think she can speak, I told you. Leave it at that. Every Rihanna song is work, 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 work. And then you go. Uh, na, 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 and then you I feel the like words. while she was coming up with the song, she was like, I don't feel like it. Like, or she was like really <laughs> yeah. high and was like, this is so good. Yeah. And by the time she got to the studio, she was high again. So she just kept singing it. <laughs> so, guys, we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you were just tuning in, we are talking about what well, we were talking about the terrorist attack, the terrorist attack in Nice that happened this past week. That sort of rhymes. And we closed out that portion of the conversation about two seconds ago, talking about how some of the reasons that we are seeing an uptick of terrorist attacks in Europe are because of the weak borders, particularly the weak border between Turkey and Syria. If you want to call in, the number is 212-650-6903. Speaking of weak borders and speaking of Turkey, no, not Turkey bacon, not Turkey not Turkey egg and cheese, because that's disgusting, and not mm, Turkey cheese, I lettuce, and tomatoes. Oh my, you know what, Selena? You've lost your black heart for seven minutes. Because I can't, I can't eat turkey, egg, and cheese? No, you can't. It's good for your heart. I don't eat you know, mine. You know what else is good for your heart? Hennessy. <laughs> All right. I have okay. made that plug in a bit. Okay. So anyways, guys, going back to Turkey, in case you guys did not notice on Twitter on Friday, things went. Yes. God bless you, Alyssa. Things went from just regular, regular, regular schmegler to, to all of a sudden Turkey was having a coup. And I'm not kidding. There was an uprising in Turkey where they tried to overthrow the, the current governing structure. And apparently this was something that no one expected. And it happened out of nowhere. Here is the information that we have. For this coup around 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So around the time that Stanley is getting his second cup of coffee for the day so that he can power through on Friday. (laughs) Reports began streaming in on social media of major military operations in Ankara and Istanbul. And the fun fact about this, the first thing I saw about this happening was that like Twitter, Facebook and YouTube and Turkey got shut off. Internet's down in Turkey. Yep. Well, that's, that's what a, happens when you have authoritarians in that's, charge. That's right. And in Ankara, tanks rolled through the city streets, planes flew overhead, and military vehicles surrounded army headquarters. Istanbul's two main bridges, the Bosporus and the Fatu Sultan, I'm butchering these names, forgive me, were blocked off by soldiers. What was happening pretty much was a segment of the Turkish army, if I'm even getting the name correct, of the Turkish army had tried to revolt and overthrow the current governing structure. So we know that since the 1960s, Turkey has had a, a, at least three at least three coups against their governing structure. And what these coups have usually happened because they feel like they have to overthrow the government because they're taking away from the democratic process. And it's always in the name of democracy. That's what the argument always is. We know that there's been trouble in Turkey for quite some time and has been trouble brewing for at least a couple of months because we had a segment about this not too long ago. We know that America, even though we're not the best of friends of Turkey, we do have a relationship with them and we bomb them sometimes to kill terrorists and maybe some villages of innocent people. But who's counting innocent people, right, America? And we also know that Turkey is one of those 
quote-unquote stable countries that helps to fend off terrorists so that if Turkey for some reason had a coup and things were overthrown we might be in some serious poo-poo since we can't say the other word because the FCC is always listening Mm -hmm. and with that we start this conversation with Turkey and the the tumultuous in Turkey and by the way the coup failed yeah right the, the the, attempted coup. the attempted coup failed. The leader who wasn't who was not even in Turkey had to Skype on his phone, and he only had two bars because the Skype was was grainy. And he told people to take to the streets and stand up. And even though he's an authoritarian and he's very problematic, the people actually did that. Right. Well, right. you know, it's it's an interesting thing because it plays into some of the similar things we were talking about during the first part of this segment, which is this intersection between secularism and religion. And that's a, a big thing in Turkey. I mean, and, and even more so in Turkey, because you have it's Turkey's a big country and there's like an Islamic part of Turkey. And then there's the more European part of Turkey, uh, which is obviously the Western part of Turkey is more Europeanized, whereas the Eastern and, and, South, and, and, and more secular, whereas the Eastern and Southern parts of Turkey are closer to Syria and that's where the border is with Syria mm-hmm. are are less secular um, they're more religious and uh, they're more Islamic so you have like a clash of worlds going on in Turkey and as you point out this is so important to the US um, you know because we consider Turkey at least to be a partial ally mm-hmm. in the fight against ISIS so in a situation where the uh, military comes in and overthrows the democratically elected leader and then the US has to make decisions about whether or not who we're going to be working with and whether we're going to work with the country of Turkey um, when we don't know who's actually going to be in charge there. Um, But going back to what you said about military coups, they are not, you know, out of the ordinary in no, Turkey, not at all. Um, you know, there, like you said, there has been three. This is now the fourth. Uh, the fourth. There's been three previous coups. This is the. Uh, this one failed. It was an attempted coup. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the fourth one. Every time the military thinks that the situation's getting out of hand, and what usually happens is the military claims to represent the secular portion of the country, and if they feel that the leader is getting too authoritarian and too religious, mm-hmm. then they say, "Well, we need to fight back to to." to maintain secularism, which is really interesting because a lot of times what you see is the opposite, is that the leader is getting too secular and the military is a lot more extremist on the religious front, and they say, we need to take back this country and make it more religious. So it's like a flip-flopping of how things normally go down. It's very interesting in different situation. Yeah, so um, the reason this coup was not successful because they couldn't get enough of the army to back it because a lot of times when you're having these coups and it's done by the army, if you have a critical mass, we'll, we'll say that, it gives a perception that you've got it and it's all packed in. A lot of the people in the army had not sided with the secular group. So right. what happened was the coup failed. Selena? Um, no, I mean, the, the only thing that I wanted to mention is, I mean, we were talking about the fight that the president was having with Fatal Gluten. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually he actually put himself in exile here in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I know that you mentioned that he was here in the United States. And basically um, what the president accuses this Muslim clerk of doing is um, attempting to overthrow the, the government based on his philosophy, which be- blends um, democracy, education, science and like interfaith dialogue. That sounds like um, a good thing. Sound, yeah, exactly. But it's how it got implemented is uh. the problem. You know, he, if this guy was really preaching this to certain people in the military, then, you know, it needed to be more clear and more widespread. What it ended up looking like was just a small faction of the military yeah, deciding to break off on their own and do this. Another big reason why this failed is so, I mean, there's there's two major rules for a coup, right? If you want to have a coup, the first is capture an elected leader. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the president, but capture somebody who's in charge and hold the 
them as ransom. Two, you better take over a government building. Yep. Holding two bridges, it's a good start, but it's not good enough. So, right. you know, and I'm not, and a coup isn't always a bad thing. Yeah. You have um, it all mapped out. You know, you know like, exactly I, I right. like a coup is This isn't how white people are like raising her arms. If this was like, you know, Tell if, me, girl. If, the, if, the, if the president of Turkey really was, and I'm not saying he was, but if there was really a situation where he was so authoritarian, where he was starting to act like Bashir al-Assad in Syria, for example, right. and he basically said, we're going to have a crackdown on all secularism, and mm. we're going to institute Islamic law all throughout the country, and we're going to make Turkey into a religious country. And the, the, the military really said, you know, this is a big problem. We want to have a secular government. Let's get together a real coup and oust this guy. That may actually be a good thing for the Turkish people. But they needed to do it if that was the case. One, they needed the right circumstances, yeah. and two, they needed to do it the right way. They couldn't just have a small faction. They needed to get more people in the military involved. Right. They needed to not just take two bridges. They would have needed to capture government officials, capture government buildings, and and have a real coup. And, you know, sometimes you need to have a coup, but, you know, you got to do it the right way, there and was, you have to have the right circumstances There was for a coup it. here at City College that also failed for student government. Jackie? Um, and I think what's most interesting to me about, about this coup is that now that it has failed, what... It, Ultimately, what it seems to me is that President Erdogan will have even more favorability amongst the public. Um, so it's absolutely the you know unintended consequence of this is that he will be even more favorable amongst his constituency. And he's democratically elected leader, um, so this might be a great thing for his... It's his just, next campaign. This is a wonderful thing for him, Jackie, by the way, and also because he wants the state to become more authoritative. And he wants more power. And now right. that his approval ratings are going to be super high because he defeated a coup, he might be able to get some of those things that the people who cooed were trying to stop him from getting. So it seems like not only did they lose the coup, they lost the war of the coup, too. Yeah, I think that there's going to be another one if that's the case. If your theory is right and he yeah. ends up gaining a lot and holding a lot more power, mm-hmm. I think eventually what's down the line is cause there's going to be a much more organized coup. A bigger coup for you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, that will try to reinstitute secular. I mean, listen, right. I'm going to stand on the side of secularism mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, mm-hmm. personally speaking, but I think if that's the case, um, you know, eventually you're going to have people that are secular turn around and, and, and you'll end up having maybe a, a bigger and more successful coup. We will see. But it doesn't. It also doesn't help the situation for the rest of Europe just to circle back around to France right. um, or, or Belgium because as long as there's instability between the government and the military and just in general in Turkey, then you have more likely to have a porous border and more likely to have fighters coming up uh, from Syria and people who are radical jihadists entering Europe through Turkey and committing terrorist attacks. Yeah, Selena? Well, I mean, I just wanted to mention that in the midst of it, over at least 194 people were killed, um, more than 1,500 arrested, and uh, uh, over 1,400 people were injured. So I just wanted to bring in the humane side of things. Yeah. Like, I understand, like, everybody is fighting, but this just leads to more bloodshed, more violence, and may, uh, more instability. I mean, oh, can you imagine you go to sleep one day, and then the next day your your government and your networks and your media have been taken over? I mean, I can I cannot imagine that, and it just makes me more grateful to live in a place where where we live in America, where we have a democracy, where we can hear both sides, no matter how ludicrous or ridiculous it is, everyone has a voice. And uh, for the most part, everyone should be protected. I say should in quotes because we know what happens to black and brown people, but at least we don't have this problems to this magnitude. I think a good comparison is like, can you imagine President Obama 
getting on FaceTime with Anderson Cooper on TV and calling for the American public to take to the streets. Like, this is something that we no. have not experienced yeah. in recent history in this country. I don't think we've ever had a coup in the United States. We've oh, had, this is we've had, had a bunch Trump? of uprisings. We've never had a situation. We've had more revolutionary right, But we've never acts. had a situation where the U.S. military right, you're right. Um, basically tried to overthrow a democratically elected president. That right. has never happened in the United States. N- until Trump gets elected. <laughs> and I will happily <laughs> join that coup if Trump well, gets elected, guys. All right, yes. Well, I, I will know, enlist. That's a good transition into my quickie but i know we're going to take a quick break before we get there and stanley's yeah. going to tell us his you know a little bit of his closing thoughts well yeah i was so uh, what i wanted to say about this cool is we were talking about this cool as a for experts guys so just to be clear we are not experts <laughs> no. on this at all what we are doing is taking the information that we have available to us and sharing it with you and then a bit, bit of theorizing armchair politicking about what we think is going to happen next of what we think works i want to mention that this is something you should be paying attention to because just because it's happening in turkey which is thousands of miles away from you doesn't mean it will not affect you or cannot affect you it can affect you and a lot of times the things you think won't affect you do george hw bush was out in camp david for a 30-day vacation within the first five months of his president his time as president and they were sending him warnings about things that were happening in the middle east with al-qaeda and isis you know what he said who the f is osama bin laden he can't do anything to us a month later, two planes flew into the Twin Towers. And obviously that's not going to happen to you because you don't, you're not the president of the United States. But what it does say is that when you ignore things that are glaring problems or that could become glaring problems, you put yourself in a situation where you will be unable to react when the ish hits the fan. With that being said, stay educated, stay active, stay alert. We're going on a quick break. When we come back, it's the news roundup. No, quickie. Selena, did Oh, I'm sorry. You said news roundup. Did I steal your thunder? Yes, you did. A little bit? Sorry about that. You can continue. Thanks. It's not the same anymore, guys. Now you know how it feels. You know what? I I take that apology back. Now you know how it feels. Selena, we got to go. No, yeah, we do. It was a news roundup, but actually it's a quickie. I just want to see if you were paying attention. Darn it. (laughs) Oh, wow.